all things New Orleans Saints. This is Who Dat Discussion. Who dat? Who dat? What is up, Who Dat Nation? Welcome into another off-season episode of the Who Dat Discussion. As always, I'm your host, Andrew Galata. You can follow me on Twitter, at Andrew Galata. And then also, you can follow the podcast on Twitter, at the Who Dat Dis. And we have another great episode in store for you guys today here, as it feels like, as always, the Saints do have news. They just released offensive lineman Nick Easton. Um, which for the Saints saves them about $6 million in cap, like $5.8 million, but a little bit more. It's like a little more than that. So it's right in that area uh, for the Saints as they save now $30 million between the Breeze restructure and then also the Easton cut, which, again, it does leave a void in this team. But, I mean, at $6 million or $7 million, what it was going to be to keep uh, Nick Easton, I feel like you can find his six-man replacement for less than that. And that's kind of my rule of thumb here. When you cut players, if you can find a either comparable player or a better player for less money, that's when you go cut players. And this is, I think, is one of those scenarios, especially, you know, you want to give Ruiz more of that shot. So we're going to get into all of that and just what it means for the offensive line. And then also we're going to continue our 2020 recap here, positional recap as we move over to the linebackers. And I think this is a really interesting group because the Saints came into the season with Demario Davis um, Alex Anzalone and then Zach Bond. They also had Nigel Bradham for a little bit in training camp, then cut him. So they came in with those three guys. And then it was shaky during the season. I mean, definitely shaky to say the least. I mean, you had Demario Davis basically doing everything because Alex Anzalone, I mean, he was serviceable, but he wasn't that impact player that I think the Saints did need at a certain point or at least wanted and it elevated them to be that elite defense. They were good with Alex Anzalone and they were solid top 10 defense. But with Quan Alexander, this this defense was a top five defense in my opinion. And I think that, look, with Alexander on this team and his speed and his playmaking ability, yes, was it boomer bust sometimes? It was. But you also had that just big play playmaking ability and you saw that. And I feel like that speed along with Demario Davis that created a great tandem between the two. Also, Quan was great in the locker room, but we're going to get into all that. And again, we don't know what Quan's going to end up bringing to this 2021 team, if anything. A, the injury, and then B, he's on the books here for, I think, $13.2 million, which is, at this point, just too much to what the Saints are, I think, willing to give him, especially with the injury and stuff. And kind of to get into all their, obviously, their sticky salary cap situation that they have here and uh it's going to be really interesting to see how that all plays out but we'll break that all down and recap that position but first let's just jump right into the news here with the Saints releasing Nick Easton as we said it clears about 5.8 and change million in cap space and that moves the Saints now clearing 30 million between the breeze restructure and the Easton cut as they now have to cut like 69 more million dollars here to get under the cap they're going to do that by a series of restructures, extend, ex- extensions, cuts as well, probably. But, I mean, as I as I told you guys earlier, excuse me there, I do think that to cut players, you have to have a replacement that is going to be less financially and is comparable. I think that's the only reason you cut someone. That's why I wouldn't cut someone like Emmanuel Sanders, because you're not going to find his replacement um, to be... Uh, less than what six million is what you're gonna have to you're gonna be on the hook for him and you only save four million so with that four million what are you doing or are you really getting a better player than Emmanuel Sanders at the wide receiver position probably not 
But at six million, the money you're getting back for Nick Easton, to me, it's very likely you can find a very serviceable six man here on that offensive line that could do a lot of different things for less than that six million. So that's why this cut does make sense. And I don't think it mattered that the Saints were, you know, 69 million under or over, excuse me, the salary cap. They could have been 69 under the salary cap. And this is a smart move if you can find a replacement for less money, which I think they will, whether through free agency, which I think they'll do, maybe internally with um, James Hurst, who they probably will resign for a lot less. And he's a guy that can play tackle. He can play guard and is a serviceable player, did have his best year in 2020 with the Saints. So that's obviously really good. But so did Easton. So it's kind of that give and take. And then, or you go in the draft, which would also be very interesting to see what the Saints do. Uh, there maybe they pick up an offensive lineman in the second third round we all know how much they love offensive linemen I mean I would be surprised if they went first round pick offensive line but again I mean I feel like with this team you never know they always go in the lines in those first rounds I think it will be the defensive line I think that's what this Saints first round uh, uh, pick will end up being it would either be a cornerback if they really like it or I mean I, I just really think the Saints draft linemen whether defense and offense and they realize that's how you build teams is getting the quarterback and getting your lines. Once you do that, um, you at least have a really good nucleus to getting a winning team. And I do think that the Saints know that and they're going to build it accordingly about that. So again, I think that's kind of where this, you know, Easton void will be filled. So that's definitely going to be interesting to see what that happens. I mean, when you look at Nick Easton, I mean, he definitely has um, health issues now with the concussion. It was really concussion issues with him. I believe he had two concussions last season and maybe it was three. I don't know. I, I feel like it was the one at the beginning of the season, then it was one at the end. Then he came back for a game, and then he went back on the concussion protocol. So we don't know if it was just, like, uh, two concussions with kind of um, some, I guess you want to say, effects a few weeks later, or is it three separate concussions? We don't really know that. So it is, um, for him, I mean, definitely hope he's okay. And, I mean, we'll see if how this affects his career and what he's going to do. Is he going to come back and play for another team? Um, you know, is he going to retire? That's going to be interesting. Maybe he comes back to the Saints for less money. Who knows at this point? But I feel like right now, um, that's definitely a situation to watch to see what he does. Will he retire? Will he um, go to another team? What's his What's his situation like? And maybe the Saints could pick him up on a, a lesser cost. I guess, you know, you definitely do that. But, I mean, he's a guy that I think is really serviceable and definitely deserves a shot. I mean, I thought we saw this year. I thought he played really well. Definitely, I mean, he played average in there when he played, and he played a lot. So he was definitely like an average starter. So a lot of teams in the NFL can definitely use that, and they'll pay him to do that. So I'd be surprised if he fell back into the Saints' laps, felt like very cheap. But, I mean, obviously you never know. But that's just kind of what it is on Easton. And what the Saints are thinking on offensive line is that Cesar Ruiz is going to come up and play here, and he's going to be your fifth guy at either the center position or the guard position. I said, move him over to center. Now I think center is his better position. For some reason, he plays better there. And now you have a new quarterback coming in, whether it be Winston Hill, whoever it ends up being then you can kind of create that relationship. It's not like Breeze is coming in here for his final year with a new center. Like, that's not happening. So I think this is a perfect time to move Ruiz to center. And then you obviously shift McCoy to right guard. And I I think McCoy, he's a guy that I think could play right guard as well for sure. I think he can play center or right guard. And um, he's a guy that, to me, is really good. And he's going to keep on, to me, progressing. And he's a guy that you're going to have to rely on. Um, obviously, Ruiz, you're going to have to rely on those two guys, those young players. And as we said earlier in this offseason here, this or it's obviously still early, but as we said a few weeks ago, you're going to have to rely on the young guys, and that's going to be really important on this offensive line. You're going to have to 
rely on Ruiz to play well and progress. You're going to have to rely on McCoy to keep progressing. Even if he stays at this level, that's a really solid one. And then, you know, from there, you're going to know your veterans are there. But the young guys, especially in the interior, that's going to be something to be very um, important to look out for and see what the Saints do. Will they bring someone else in there? Will they just bring, like, a James Hurst back? It will be interesting to see what they do. But I think right now, for the Saints, I, I just feel like they're going to stick with their young guys because they really have no other choice unless this team is really just complete wizards with the cap and they fill all their needs and then other, like, wants, basically, on top of that, because that's what this extra depth is. I feel like you need a guy like, you know, James Hurst there that can fill in in a pinch. A want would be to get someone that maybe is a little more, um, you know, I, I guess, sustained and already has played at a really high level, or maybe, like, a draft pick on a certain player, because I really feel like the Saints are going to go into the NFL draft probably with needs, probably not just wants. I know they always like to fill all their needs in free agency and then go into the wants with the draft. But I don't know if how they're going to do that this offseason with the cap. It's going to be interesting to see. I mean, the good news is, I mean, everyone talks about how this team has a lot of holes. They don't have as many holes as I think people uh, go to believe. I mean, you, you just look at, I mean, quarterback, obviously, but it seems like they have that covered. They're not going to go into the draft with the quarterback problems, it seems. I mean, I predict that they go on with Winston and Hill, and, that, and those are going to be the quarterbacks here in 2021 as they battle it out for the starting job. And then besides that on the offense, you really got no other holes. On defense, you're probably going to have to fill an edge spot, which will be interesting to see what they do. You may have to fill a linebacker slot, um, as we talk about later, and then you may have to fill a few spots in that secondary. So I feel like defense is going to be really important to fill back and retain uh, players. That's going to be the most important thing here when you look at this Saints team. If you can um, retain a lot of these players, if you retain a Marcus Williams, um, I feel like Hendrickson will walk it. Maybe you retain him too. I mean, who knows? But that's going to be the key. And replacing these guys in free agency so you can go into the draft with your wants. I just don't know how possible that's going to be. And if you need an edge rusher in the first round, you're going to go out and get that. And I feel like the Saints will do that. They like drafting edge rushers. They've done it a lot. So I wouldn't be surprised if they did it again. And then maybe you go to an offensive lineman in the second or third round, probably even the third round, I feel, as um, – I mean, you never know, but I feel like that's kind of where the Saints will go. They'll probably bring in a guy like James Harris, maybe draft a rookie, and then just see what see what plays out. And obviously, they have young guys like Will Clapp. They should have. I mean, he's a restricted free agent, but I feel like they will bring him back. And then, you know, more of that depth you have there for sure. So that's not, to me, as big of an issue. Derek Kelly should be another guy coming back. Um, so you know, Ethan Green as a tackle, but still, it's all there. And that's kind of where this offensive line's going. You kind of have your five guys. They're... All very high-regarded players. You have four first-round picks and Taron Armstead there. And I feel like you got to definitely roam with these guys. And you got to keep these guys together. They're, to me, a top-five group when healthy and playing together. And then when you add players like a six-man, those supplemental guys, that's just kind of cherry on top. And I think the Saints will do that with Hurst and all that stuff. But the good news is, I mean, the reason I really feel the Saints cut Easton was because... They don't need someone like him at his salary. They just don't. And you can find a six-man that does a lot of things that Easton does for a lot less money, and I think they'll do that. So to me, it was a financially smart move. This doesn't mean that Easton isn't a solid player. I think he is a really good role player. Just for that money, the Saints can find a player, as I said, very comparable for a lot less, and especially with the salary cap situation you are in, or even if you're not. I mean, look, I feel like teams, if you can get a similar player for less money, you're going to do it. And that's just a smart move, and I think the Saints... Uh, will do these moves 10 out of 10 and 
that to me, I mean, we'll see what happens. Maybe they re-sign him for less. I mean, maybe his market's not good, but I just don't see that. I, I actually see his market being better than what it was when the Saints signed him, and they signed him to, what, a four-year, like, $25 million deal. So I actually see his market being a little higher than that because he did play pretty well this year with the Saints as a pretty average guard here and a really good six-minute to have. And now for the Saints, it'll be interesting to see how they replace it and who can they get at a comparable level for less money. It'll be interesting to see. I could definitely see them bringing back James Harris, as I said before. And I think he's a guy that can play everywhere, not just guard. He also plays tackle as well. So keeping him would be so, so huge. And he plays at a pretty average level. So getting players like that is just very important. Having them be successful is obviously really important to a team's success, especially when you see injuries and stuff like that. So that's definitely something to watch. As I said, you may draft someone or, you know, we don't really know what's going to happen yet, but it does kind of leave a hole at that six man, but that's not that big of a hole. And I think it's a hole that the Saints could definitely fill and fill with ease for less money. So again, as I said, um, I think the Saints are still in a great shape at the offensive line. And to me, I mean, you save money here and you kind of have five solidified starters. So it's really not a problem. And you just bring in another role player to be your six man. And he could be either on the roster like a James Hurst or maybe off the roster in free agency or maybe in the draft. But I, I do think that this isn't a bad move for the Saints. I think it's actually a really smart move. So that is going to wrap up our news segment here uh, for this episode. When we come back from our break, we're going to get all into the linebackers. Demario Davis, Kwan Alexander, Alex Anzalone. We're going to get into all of that. You are listening to the Who Dat Discussion Podcast. Welcome back into the Who Dat Discussion Podcast. And now we're going to continue our season recap here where we go position by position, kind of looking at what happened in 2020 and what's kind of on tap here for this offseason. How can they fill possible holes and all that fun stuff. And in this episode, we're going to look at the linebacking group as I think this is a really interesting position for the Saints. And it's, it's a position that they actually had a lot of success in last year, obviously with Demario Davis, Quan Alexander. And then once Quan Alexander got injured after the Saints acquired him, you saw a little of a letdown and you saw Demario Davis have to do a lot of different things. But I mean, when Kawan was in this defense, I mean, he really took them to another level and he took this linebacking group to another level. And I do think that's really, really important when we look at this um, situation at the linebacking group, because obviously Quan Alexander right now is on a cap hit of 13.2 million, and that is not going to stay. So the Saints are either going to have to restructure him, extend him, or cut him. And if they cut him, they would save about $11 million of the 13. And if they restructured, again, we don't really know how that would work. And it's the same with the extensions, but you're kind of definitely saving a lot of money. Maybe he moves to like the six, $7 million cap hit. And stuff like that, maybe to $5 million, something like that. I could definitely see the Saints doing and Alexander agreeing to that just because of his injury. And I'd be surprised if he got a big contract while, you know, off of an Achilles injury is on the open market. So maybe the Saints then cut him and try to resign him. I could see that as well. But I think before they did that, I think they would definitely try to restructure and extend him. So that's something that I think is very possible when looking at Alexander and. Right now, I mean, I think that that's kind of the most interesting thing when looking at these linebackers. Obviously, Zach Bond's another interesting topic. The Saints drafted him. He didn't really do much in the 2020 season, but where does he project on the Saints roster? I think that's really interesting when talking about this group looking ahead to this offseason. And, I mean, when you're looking at recapping the season, I mean, it starts with Demario Davis, and we'll just get into him because he was just flat-out outstanding for the Saints team. And he's a guy that, I mean, you just looked 
basically every game he was right there. He was taking basically every snap on this defense. He was there, you know, steady linebacker, number one linebacker, leader of the defense. He was doing everything. And to me, he did have a really solid season. I mean, in the beginning, it was a little slow, but I don't think it was slow with Demario Davis kind of overall. It was slow in the stats department because he was doing so much. And you saw right when Quan Alexander came, the stats then started to pick up because Kwan took a little bit off of Demario Davis's plate, whether it be in the coverage area or trying to get tackles for loss. Like Kwan was great in those areas, and that took things off of Demario Davis's plate. And you just saw how good he was in the middle of that season. I mean, he had a few games. I mean, he had three straight games, or three out of four games, excuse me, there with 90 PFF grades. Or I mean, one was an 89.6. But you get what I'm saying. He had like three out of four elite games in the middle of the season through, you know, for starting with the 49ers and then ending with that second Atlanta game. And again, he continued that throughout the rest of the season. I thought he just played outstanding. And again, he's a player that when looking at this Saints team, He's one of the integral pieces. He's the key cog for sure on this defense, and that's why he was uh, extended this offseason and or uh, during the um, the season, excuse me, in the beginning, right at the beginning. I think it was right after that Bucks game he got extended, but it was right at the beginning of the season that he got his extension, and I think that just shows that the Saints are still in it to win it here in 2021 because why would you extend a guy like Demario Davis, kind of this big veteran part of your defense, if you weren't, kind of trying to win from 2021 to 2023, which is where he signed for. So to me, I think that shows that the Saints are going to try to win in 2021. So again, maybe that's something to talk about as well. But I mean, DeMario was just flat out outstanding. And he's a player that, again, we know he's going to be great. It's kind of who is going to be good opposite of him or who's going to fill in the spot opposite of him. And how does that player take the defense to another level? How does it take it from a top 10 defense to a top 5 defense? And I do think having a speed linebacker along with Demario Davis brings you that elite group. And you saw it in the Super Bowl. You had that Levante David, really great veteran, kind of the central part of the defense for the Bucs. He's kind of the Saints version of Demario Davis. I mean, I really do believe that. Um, or the Bucks version of Demario Davis, excuse me there. Um, and that, I, I think, is really important for them. And then they added Devin White in the draft last year, and he's this fast linebacker, ranges everywhere, he's all over the field, and he fits perfectly. I think the Saints do need that type of player too. And Quan Alexander was that player, and he really helped the Saints go to this elite level. And who knows how this defense, I mean, maybe they would have played even better against the Bucks or um, against the Bears or late in the season, however it may be, if they had Alexander I mean, we'll never know that, but I mean, that's how good Alexander was. And when Alexander wasn't in here, you obviously saw a dip, and that was because of Alex Anzalone's play, as he just hasn't looked the same since his 2018 level because of all the injuries. And that's something that's really concerning. And, I, and to me, that means that he shouldn't come back unless it's a one-year deal, very, very short amount of money and years and all that stuff. And that's the only reason I'd bring back Angeloni kind of similar to the P.J. Williams scenario over the last few years where the Saints keep on bringing him back for like a one-year deal worth like $2 million, and I bet that continues this offseason. But I feel like with Angeloni, if he's on that track, I'm happy to keep him as a backup, good depth. He could definitely start in a pinch for a few games, but he's not this team's solidified starter. In my opinion, he's just not there right now. And again, it's going to be something interesting to look at. How are they going to fill his position? Because they wanted to fill it with Anzalone, this fast linebacker. He came in. I mean, he's obviously a little more uh, bulky, 6'3", 241, but he still had 4'6 speed at that at that size. He's just outstanding. But I really do think he lost a step in all these injuries that he's had. 
And that's something that's really concerning. And you just didn't see that good play from him. And that's just kind of what it was for Anzalone, which is definitely upsetting because you saw all that potential. But I think the injuries were just too much for his progression to go into this, you know, um, key starter player. He's just not at that role. And I don't think he'll ever be there for the Saints. So, again, that is a little upsetting. I'd be open to re-signing him kind of as a backup depth role but not as a starter. So it's going to be interesting to see where the Saints go. I would not give him more than one year. I mean, if he falls into like the second or third wave of free agency, then I go out and get him. But what we saw from Anzalone this year was kind of average starting or below average starting. And you saw when you brought in a guy like Quan Alexander, who's above average, you saw how good that linebacking group got. And again, that's something that if you're the Saints, you have to find a guy like Alexander to kind of replace Anzalone or that second spot. Maybe it is Alexander. Maybe it's someone like him. But you got to find someone like him and try to fill that spot because you know if you can fill that spot, you do have an elite defense if you can retain the other pieces as well. But I do think that's really important when looking at this linebacking group. And again, I mean, when you look now forward to 2021 and you kind of look who is going to come back, who isn't, I mean, the Saints really have three key pieces that may not be coming back at the linebacking position. You have Quan Alexander, you have Alex Anzalone, and then also Craig Robinson on the special teams. I do think the Saints bring back Craig Robinson. I think he's done a great job as the special teams hype man, captain, great in the locker room. I bring him back just for that reason. And then you look at the other two guys. I told you about Anzalone. Quan Alexander, I think this is where it gets interesting. And I would actually restructure him if he's willing to. And you got to see how that injury is kind of progressing because if he's progressing into the same player he was in 2020, I think you keep him because you found the guy to make your defense elite. My problem is, how does that injury affect him? How does an Achilles injury affect him? We don't really know. And that's going to be something to definitely watch out for if the Saints bring him back. Will he be the same player that they acquired in that 49ers trade? So that's definitely something to look at. But if he's coming back at that same level or comparable level, you bring him back. I think he'd be a really good addition to this team. And you saw how good he kind of elevates this defense and this linebacking group. Now, if you feel he's not getting, you know, progressing and getting better and that injury is going to hinder him the rest of his career, then you may want to move on for obviously less money. I think you could do it through the draft, but it seems like the Saints just drafted a linebacker last year with Zach Bond. And we kind of saw how that works. It usually always takes a year or two to get those linebackers kind of up to speed at the kind of professional level. We even saw it last year. I mean, everyone was so on the Saints getting Patrick Queen or Kenneth Murray, and both those guys did not have good seasons. I mean, I just want to say it flat out. I mean, you look at a guy like Patrick Queen, he was not good. I mean, he had like a 29 PFF grade. That's like extremely low. I think he was like the worst rated linebacker. And I know PFF isn't everything, but when you're the worst, that's definitely something to say. And Kenneth Murray, I think he has a lot of potential but he didn't show it in his first year. So, I mean, the Saints' best option out of Kwan, Murray, or Queen was definitely Kwan for sure. So that just shows you kind of where um, these linebackers are coming out of the draft. Now, I know Cox from LXU is a guy that a lot of Saints fans want. But again, how long will it take him to kind of um, progress and take that next step? I think that is going to be really, really interesting when looking at guys at the linebacking position, how they progress year one. I think that's something that we have to look out for and account for. And then you look to free agency. A lot of these linebackers are going to be most likely veterans, and they're not going to be that Quan Alexander rangy type linebacker. They're going to be more those sure tackler types and are good veterans than more of the rangy athletic fast ones or those free agents are going to go for like a huge amount of money that the Saints just don't have. 
I mean, I bring in a guy like Neville Hewitt, maybe had 134 tackles, but I probably would put him as more of a depth signing, or maybe you pair him with a rookie because then you could hedge your bets a little bit. I could see that, and I'd actually be fine with something like that. Hewitt would be cheap, and you can bring in a rookie, and then that would be, I think, between both of those players is a good uh, replacement of Quan Alexander, and hopefully one of them uh, kind of fits in there and sticks as your starter opposite to Mario Davis. I mean, but besides that, I mean, I would love to see Jalen Smith if somehow he gets cut or traded from the Cowboys or something like that. I mean, they gave him a huge contract last season, but last year he had a really tough year and a lot of Cowboys fans were calling for his head and it was his worst season of his career. And that coincides with um, Richard, who obviously the Saints now have as their secondary coach. He was kind of their play caller in the defense. He had two amazing years, or Jalen Smith had two amazing years with Richard as his defensive coordinator calling the plays. He had two of his best seasons. And once Rashard moves on and gets fired from the Cowboys, they bring in a completely new uh, defensive coordinator and all that stuff. And you, you saw him just fall and in a big way. He had his worst season. So, I mean, that's definitely something to look at. I mean, when just looking at all of these stats, I mean, he did have the most tackles, but we know tackles don't mean everything. And, I mean, I really do feel like if Smith came back with Rashard, I mean, I know they wouldn't be playing, you know, Rashard wouldn't be coaching Smith directly, but... It would obviously be, I mean, a similar scheme or most likely Richard wouldn't have came on and he can coach him up. And I think that's something that is really interesting to look at here to see what the Cowboys um, did with Richard and Smith. And you kind of bring them back together in New Orleans. I really like that. And you look at Smith, he, w- he would be a guy that I think the Saints like. I mean, he's really fast, but he's 6'2", 245. So right in that physical build for the Saints, but it's also really fast. So you kind of have the best of both worlds for him. And he's a guy that, again, it has a little of the injury or bug, but so does Quan Alexander, and so does, I mean, Alex Anzalone at that point. So, I mean, I wouldn't be worried about that. And, I mean, if you can get Jalen Smith at his peak, he's a game changer with Demario Davis. You're looking at, to me, if you had Smith and Davis together, you're looking at a Levante David, Devin White scenario, which is those two guys flying around the field. And I would just love to see that. He would be, like, to me, the only guy I think right now that's maybe possible to acquire that I'd like instead of Quan Alexander. That's just kind of my case for 2021. I think Cox could be a good guy down the line to uh, to pick up a good player, a good prospect. It'll be interesting to see if the Saints though use a first-round pick on a linebacker. They usually don't do that. They usually do it on the lines. And I really do think edge rusher is more of a draftable position for the Saints this offseason, not linebacker. But I do think that's going to be really interesting. But Smith would be my number one guy when looking at these linebackers. But, I mean, overall, I mean, if you were able to keep Quan, I, th- I think you found that kind of missing piece to your linebacking group with Quan Alexander. Now, maybe the, the injury does impede that, but I'm not too, too worried about that. I mean, if he came back, especially because he's came back from other injuries before, serious injuries before, and it still looked really good. So, I mean, I'm not too, too worried about it, but you, it's definitely in the back of your head and you're definitely worried about it. And then you have to also kind of think if he misses a few games, who starts there? Would it be Zach Bond? Would it be a rookie? Would it be a guy like Neville Hewitt? Do you bring in a guy like Hewitt anyways, even if you keep Kwan? That would be really interesting too to talk about. And again, I uh, that, that's just kind of where I'm looking at this linebacking group for 2021. And then finally, I do want to see more progression out of Zach Bond. Where is he year two kind of on his transition from the edge to the, um, to the middle of the field? Do the Saints try to also use him as an edge rusher? especially when you may lose Trey Hendrickson. He could maybe be a guy that has some really good 
um, edge rushing spots and get some sacks and can, you know, blitz a few times. Maybe he's a guy that goes back to doing that. That'll be really interesting to see. Or maybe he's just more of that interior down the line. Maybe he's like more plays at this year in like a depth role. And then next year he's thrusted into the starting position. I mean, we'll see what happens on that, but I'm definitely very interested to see what Bond does because the Saints did use a third round pick on him and they traded up for him. So you know that they definitely have a vision for him. It's just kind of where is that? So that's definitely going to be interesting to see and something that I think we'll see and kind of clear up more this offseason to see where does Bond fit in the Saints defense. Is it as an edge rusher? Is it more in the middle? Because, I mean, we don't really know what the Saints are thinking of him after his first year. So, I mean, we're going to have to see him. Where does he fit? Do the Saints see him maybe as a starter? Maybe they see him as taking over Kwan's spot. We don't really know. And we haven't really seen him on the field that much. So it's more of a mystery. So that's something that I would definitely look out for. Where does Zach Bond fit into all this? But I think with all that said, it is time to wrap up our talk on this linebacking group. We talked all about it. And this is a a position that really doesn't get talked about too much. It's usually Demario Davis. And then we kind of move over on it. Even like during the group by group recaps. We're like, oh, Demario Davis played well, and then not much else. Or it was like, oh, Kwan and Demario played really well, and then on to the secondary. It's like we don't usually talk about it that much. So in this episode, I wanted to give it its due. And then same thing with the offensive line and kind of Nick Easton. I wanted to give um, him and kind of the offensive line talk about it as well because that both of these positions will be important for the Saints if they're going to have some success in 2021. And I do think that they can actually get better. I mean, having Kwan full, for a full season healthy – would obviously be really important, and that automatically kind of upgrades your linebacking group from next year. And then on the offensive line, if you can find a player like Nick Easton and Ruiz gets better and everyone progresses, that's also an upgrade as well. So you can see both of these positions easily upgraded just by the matter of fact if you can bring guys back healthy and then progress a little bit. And I think that's something that will be really important in a storyline for these two positions. But I think with all that said, it is time to wrap up this podcast. If you like what we're doing here at the Houdat Discussion, you should definitely follow us on all of our social media platforms. That means on Twitter, you can follow us at the Houdat Dis. On Instagram, you can follow us at Houdat Discussion. And then also, you can listen to the Houdat Discussion wherever you get all your other podcasts. So that means iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. We are on all of those sites. As I said, it was great to talk about these two position groups. We'll be back with you guys next week when we get into now the secondary, which is just so, so interesting to talk about. A few kind of question marks, I think, on the secondary. They played so well last year, but especially towards the end of the season. But now with kind of some question marks with Marcus Williams entering free agency, the Saints, to me, I would love them to retain him. And he's kind of the free agent this year that I think the Saints is is their number one priority, uh, maybe besides Seamus Winston. I think those two guys, I, I think, are the the two main priorities for the Saints here in this offseason. And then also we'll get into all of the Saints news. feels like every episode we do have some Saints news. I mean, that's just how crazy this team is. I feel like there's always news to talk about. But I think with all that said, I want to say thank you guys for listening to this episode. Turn it loose. And who dat?